us. Welcome to episode 23 of the Infinity Content Podcast, the show where even if a mad titan wipes out half of all life, the content is endless and we explore all and share our thoughts. Uh, we're back again. Are you talking it's... about the uh, orange titan or the purple one? Uh, I mean, I, it's hard for me to distinguish between the two colors at this point. They're both pretty mad. They're both... They're both causing a lot of a lot of damage. I think I kind of felt more for one of them than the other one at this point. Uh, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> one I'm definitely more worried about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh my gosh, it's been it's been a bit uh, over over a month. I'm so glad I'm so glad to be back on here with both of you uh, and Infinity Content. So uh, yeah, you know the the, the podcast where I can infinitely fail at doing a successful <laughs> intro every time but my name is trevor beaker and i'm i am joined by co-hosts roman statler and colton dion uh fellas how are you two doing after so long things have changed it's a whole new world <laughs> i don't know if it's a brave new world it's a mm, whole new world <laughs> <laughs> how yeah, about you roman how are you good good my i'm yeah. i'm 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 just so distracted by Colton's hair. You look so good, and I'm oh, thank so, you. I I need a haircut so badly. <laughs> look like you actually have been involved in the world. Oh, I haven't. <laughs> I'm in yeah. my finals week right now. Uh. <laughs> That's so crazy. I mean, it was like little over a month ago that you we we separated our went our separate ways <laughs> from and, our home. And I'm like, now you're th- already like at the end of school. <laughs> and I'm like three years older, I think, uh, biologically. <laughs> <laughs> ages over time uh, yes withered well how do you like your new place because you are now moved over back into seattle for school uh well it got firebombed uh so oh, yeah. yeah uh there was a giant protest or there was a group who was going through during a protest who uh set several locations on fire and one of them happened to be the uh-huh. starbucks uh attached to our uh, apartment complex Jeez! Wow. Uh, and then there's a and, they, uh, and then there's also been uh, a COVID case in our building too. So it's uh, you oh, know no. all the national uh, phenomenon that are happening in this country right now are somehow intersecting right where I live. <laughs> wow! How, what's well, the uh, what's the status the of the Starbucks? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Start out with a bang. That's for sure. <laughs> do they have any word of what they're going to do with that Starbucks? Are they going to? Put it back in there. Or they're oh, just gonna capitalism will find a way. Else? It'll be back in no yeah. time. Uh, it, <laughs> I was kind of bummed though. I always like to go get my cold brews down there. Oh, I bet you were you were <laughs> living my early twenty fantasy of living above like a coffee shop or like a local business. Oh, there's in the in it in it's in the in the city. There's uh, like four or five different restaurants. Uh, there's also a uh, what, what is it? Oh, there's a subway and a bakery. So it's just like constant smell of baked goods wafting in the air you sure that's the, the subway's not giving off a smell of like vinegar <laughs> i'm not sure i'm trying to figure out whether like it's good for like a weight regimen program or like a diet regimen or if it's like if it's like making it so i want it all the time unconsciously or if i just hate it i mean it's a cheap it's a cheap sandwich the boy but you know <laughs> they uh it's, it's debatable if it's it's a, it's a six foot sub asterisk not even six foot <sighs> yeah so you mean six inches or six feet? Because that'd be a uh, quite... six inches. <laughs> oh. Well, they have those party that party. Yeah, six they, foot, they so can give you a six footer. Six 
Aster's still not six feet, though. <laughs> well, I'm so jealous of you and Roman, because, Roman, you're still closer to Bellingham. I'm now out in the middle of the county. Oh, you closer. are? Where? I'm up in uh, Maple Falls now. Oh. Oh, crap. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that's how far you out you were. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, uh, if it wasn't for the cell phone booster thing that we got from our provider, we would be in Canada service. <laughs> <laughs> They don't just give it away uh, in that country. Free self-service for all. No. I mean, yeah, if you're on one of their self-services, but uh, uh, my my self-service is like, no, we're not giving you up. But yeah, there's no... There's a gas station mm-hmm. down the road that sells like uh, breakfast sandwiches and pizzas. Starving Marvins, yeah. Uh, but my Kylie has to go in and get it because the lady doesn't like me. I was gonna ask uh, if you had any like wacky Twin Peaks s characters around there, uh, and you're yes. already answering it. Yes. Oh man, I could go on a list. Uh, our mail was stolen in throughout the neighborhood. Uh, there's, you know, a, a lot of people love wearing the color red. Uh, where we're at is, is are they like flashing hand signs or something at each other and like mm. red robes? No, they're just uh no, they're just like to drive by with a lot, the, a lot of red clothing, or it's uh, we're like the the neighborhood we're in is predominantly Russian too. It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting section. Uh, is there some good uh, babushkas? <laughs> no, no, but we're the youngest people over here, so it's it's interesting. But we're all finally set up. Uh, I, I don't think I'd be professional picking my laptop and swinging around and do a whole tour, but yeah, for the most part, everything's all set up. I got my desk finally, got everything put away. It's not all hectic and crowded, and finally able to cozy up and get back to reading, which is what I needed to do for this episode. Is it making you happy? It's making me happy. I was gonna say, here comes the fun because uh, <laughs> we're finally after was it two pod or two three months? Because happy was my pick. Before we switch to uh, doing a Black Lives Matter focus read, um, and as excited as I was, to, I was to talk about it, I was willing to put it off to the side, and here we are now. And to, so, yes, this episode we're going to be doing Image Comics Happy by Grant Morrison. Uh, arts by Derek Robertson, and we've got coloring by Richard Clark, Tony Avina, and letters by Simon Bolin with the design and logo by Drew Gill. And I felt like it would be I felt like it would be good if we had uh someone somewhat of an expert on imaginary friends on this episode. So guys, I have a guest for us. <laughs> Ooh, a guest. Who yeah. Could it be? You want to say hi. <laughs> guys. Wait, is this an imaginary guest? Yeah. It's Gorbo. My imaginary friend. Zorpanarnar. <laughs> Corbo, say hi to them. He's he's shy. He's shy. Is he your imaginary uh, friend or is he like one of the, uh, the cultists friend. who wear red yeah, in the neighborhood? He, yeah, is he one of these red robed cultists? <laughs> no, Gorbo, he's my like green, like imagine like a uh is this like podcast, a that, is this podcast that melted turn, in the sun. Is this podcast <laughs> What's that? gonna is this podcast gonna turn into an intervention here? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was thinking about it after reading this. Um, did you? Did either of you ever have imaginary friends growing up? Can you remember a time where you had imaginary friends? Oh yeah, he's really tall, skinny, and wore a suit. Uh, very long arms. 
thin man. He's a thin man. <laughs> yeah, mine had these weird kind of like moth wings, and I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't remember ever having an imaginary. I mean, I you know I played with my action figures and Godzilla yeah. toys and all that, but I didn't really have a specific like imaginary friend. Yeah, I don't think I ever did too. Which you know, I feel like I missed out on a on something. But I feel like there's oh, a, a well. good joke to be had. Like all my imaginary friends were if all my classmates in high school or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. These people show up on Facebook and friend request you, mm. and yeah, we went to high school mm. together. And you're like, who are you? I have no idea. Yeah, no. There's uh the it was not even it was like the it was the December or no November because it was Black Friday. It was my first ever Black Friday experience. And I was at a uh, Starbucks at the mall and I went to Black Friday shopping with my buddy. And I felt so I felt so guilty but good about myself because I was there to Black Friday shop for other people. Uh, but he convinced me to Black Friday shop for myself. So <laughs> he, that's where I learned. That's where I got the treat yourself uh, before I watched Parks and Rec. So I got myself a nice pea coat, got myself a nice haircut, got some new shoes went to starbucks the lady at the register gave me a whole box of cranberry bliss bars no charge i was wow. i was feeling pretty good and then i got tapped on the back of the shoulder and it was one of my classmates and she's like oh hey like how's it going like i haven't seen you since like high school like i missed you and i'm like oh okay like i don't know why you miss me you've never talked to me before at all ever <laughs> she's like oh man remember when we were such good friends in high school i'm like nope bye remember when we both laughed across the room at the same joke the teacher made <laughs> such good bonding exactly <laughs> no my friends my friends now are real they're right here and they're also my coffee pot those are the only friends i need mr coffee is the only man you need in your life mr coffee is my dark roast mance they're the only person I need. Uh, so yeah, let's, let's talk about let's talk about happy. Um, I picked this because my wife and I just got done watching the sci-fi TV series that it was adapted from. We binged both seasons, and after watching it, we I I knew I was like I need to read the original source material for this. So the second season is that. A continuation of the comic? Do they finish the full comic? No, that's what I was gonna. I'm gonna talk about that. At okay, the end sorry. I, I just got Jumping done the gun. listening to a sci-fi. No, no worries. There, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, but I want to go over a couple different things uh, since it's been so long, and I want to catch up. Um, any, anything, any other new news? Like I, because like with all the house stuff when I was moving, because we did all the remodeling, it's like catching up with the internet and everything going on, like trying to figure out what I've missed um, in terms of comic stuff, because I'm not getting any new comics right now. They're all sitting at the shop uh, for just because of the mail situation out here. I did not feel like it was a good idea to start getting comics sent out. Uh, also our packages, if we get anything that's too large to fit in our tiny mailbox, the post office uh, will just throw it over the fence. Oh, jeez. <laughs> even if it says, even if it says like fragile or handle of care. I, so. I, I'm just imagining the mail person, just like big old flask, like, Oh, slug and just tosses it over <laughs> going for distance yeah so just waiting on that so it's trying to avoid spoilers on the internet now has never been more more challenging because <laughs> there's just so much stuff happening uh yeah catch up with internet stuff uh finding out like 
world new stuff. I mean, checking in with COVID because we're out here kind of secluded working on things, learning, learning uh, how many cases are rising, learning, keeping up on like the Black Lives Matter movement. Like I was like a week behind for all the Portland stuff, hearing about like the protests and like the federal agent stuff was crazy. So crazy. And are people, and, the people out there in Maple Falls or how are they on the, the mask wearing? Uh, <laughs> we're wearing masks. <laughs> you're part of the population. Yeah, fully, you're you're helping their average. Yeah, we're fully yeah. fenced. Well, that's like part of the problem with like the gas station thing too. Is even if the lady won't serve me, uh, which I mean, go by first saying I didn't do anything except say hi. Like, can I order a breakfast, two breakfast sandwiches? And then she's like, Oh, we don't have any. Uh, we're all out. And then I went back out to tell my wife because she wanted one. And then the lady came out and started smoking, like, right outside the front door. She's like, that's not true. They have, like, a whole, like, they just grab, the like, the batter off the shelf in the gas station and then just use that. Like, it's, they just take from the store and make it. I've had them do it a bunch of times. I'm like, she doesn't want to serve me. And then when I went to go get pizza, um, they told me they were out of, <laughs> they were out of, like, pepperoni pizza and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just watched her go back to making a pepperoni pizza with her mask down. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Well, it's... I guess that's a good motivation to go buy vegetables or, you know, go grocery shopping. <laughs> you can yeah, we just, got a, we just got a big free, like a freezer chest to put in our shed so that we, we're going to go do a big Costco run in a couple days and then stockpile and do that. So that'll be that. Uh and finding out that the Brianna Taylor stuff still hasn't been resolved. That's pretty mm. shitty. Nope. <sighs> that makes me angry. Uh, oh, did you hear okay. about Oprah, yeah. though? No, what happened to Oprah? Uh, Oprah, like, bought a bunch of billboards around that town and just blasted the officers and, like, put Brianna's picture up. So, <laughs> and, like, Oprah on her uh, magazine, I think she's only done it, like, two or three times where she hasn't been the cover. She put Brianna Taylor's picture on there and had a whole, like, made it the feature article uh for that month's subscription nice uh speaking of billboards did you see uh steve-o taped himself to a billboard to advertise this new tv show or some streaming show or something Art. he bought a billboard <laughs> he bought a billboard and duct taped himself to it it's <laughs> so good i love it um let's see other news uh i want to save i know I, I guess i'll save it towards the end because uh, it goes hand in hand talking about uh, the TV series, like you were just saying, and the continuation of the book. So yeah, it's it's been fifteen minutes. We can might as well just jump into this, jump into this book finally. <laughs> uh, so yeah, happy Grant Morrison's creation. Uh, it's the story of Nick Sachs. Uh, he's an ex-cop that uh, when you first when you're first introduced to him, he, he's basically a hitman now. He's constantly on drugs or drunk. Um, and through this story, uh, what happens is he's hired to take out these three brothers that are part of, uh, mafia and after killing them, plus a surprise fourth brother that was there, he gets a target put on his, uh, on him for having a, a password to a bunch of money and wealth to that family. So the head of the head of the mob named blue is out to get him in this password. Meanwhile, Nick starts seeing a blue horse unicorn pegasi. Like, what do you call it when it's like a 
horse with or unicorn with wings is it still a pegasi or pegasus i think that actually i can't remember what it is there's a, a specific name for them because pegasus is only one specific flying horse mm-hmm. yeah a, a pegacorn I, I think it's a flying unicorn i guess technically well because you call him happy an imaginary friend <laughs> it, uh did grant morrison ever make any reference to whether or not happy was a reference to uh doing heroin like you know chasing the dragon or like you know i i did not see anything in the interview that i watched or the one that i read about that he just kind of talked about happy being like this just blue ball of light um that kind of presented like an innocence and stuff did not mention heroin <laughs> but you would think that with uh with uh nick Sachs's character here who you know proceeds to get a have a heart attack essentially ends up in the hospital he has to bust out um it's a mob hospital hospital he has to bust out with the help of happy before he gets tortured uh and gets his his wiener turned into salami slices well oh, I, have to, I have to make a joke though you know in for-profit healthcare, all hospitals are mob hospitals <laughs> <laughs> God damn. continue uh i <laughs> It, it doesn't hold back with uh, the art in this, uh, Derek Robertson. Like It feels very noir-like, um, despite having all the color in here. I always imagine noir is, more, is black and white. But uh, It kind of reminds me of a, color... a clean, more colorful version of Criminal. Okay. I feel like, yeah, like we're Criminal also, I guess you could kind of think of it as like out of focus a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of seeing with like a like a pair of glasses on, mm-hmm. like everything's more clear. Finally, can see. Uh, it looks. It, I I liked it. Like everybody definitely felt gritty and just very, just very dark, while also being bright, which I thought was interesting for being kind of this like like noir cop style story. Even at even like the panels where it's out in the snow in the middle of the night at new york like everything still like shines through very well and really stands out the violence is just just as violent as it is in the tv show um with some of the scenes with nick Sachs. he is he is just a one-man army what did i say colt when i was telling you about this series that he was like john wick mixed with uh rick sanchez <laughs> mixed with uh i said like a third person i mean he's just all over the place in this and it's so good yeah he kind of reminds me of like a drunk punisher <laughs> that works too uh so yeah you've got happy who you know is helping him out trying to help him convince nick to go help rescue Haley, uh who as we learned uh, throughout this book, which I totally forgot to give that spoiler warning at the beginning, but here it comes anyway. It's just like the fun. Here comes the spoilers. Uh, Happy is Haley's imaginary friend and also is the daughter of Nick Sachs, uh, Haley. But like throughout this whole read, he doesn't know it right away, which was something that they kind of did differently in the TV show, which I thought was interesting. Uh, so it's just a it's a journey for Nick to get money, try to escape, and kind of circumstances and fate keep 
keeping him in New York. Um, every time he tries to get away, he's kind of being pulled back to rescue this girl that he doesn't know about who has uh, been abducted by a creepy, gross Santa. Who, yeah. Very, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a little. That's also a little bit different than the TV show. Uh, but I, yeah, this was this was gross. This whole thing was just gross. <laughs> it kind of reminds me if like when you wash dishes that you've left in the sink for too long, that like filmy feeling you get on your hands. Yeah, it's like that, <laughs> but you know your soul. Yeah, but in a uh, good way. It's yeah. still very good. <laughs> so yeah, we just you know throughout this thing we kind of get this dark just dark humor dark perspective uh of nick Sachs, where like people are all shitty like nothing really matters that much he just wants to he just wants to leave he just wants to get drunk like pop himself all the pills like he even puts a gun to his head at one point as he's like having a conversation with happy um like he's got this this blue horse that's just like this embodiment of hope that's trying to see the bright side of things versus his negative negative attitude get his backstory of being you know married to married to a beautiful wife he was a good detective got a partner and then just you know being exposed over and over to like the work and seeing like the horrible awful things that people do day in and day out kind of just broke him and he made a lot of bad decisions. I actually thought they did a really good job with how dense their background form was. Uh, yeah. With how little like time they gave. And not in a bad way. Like I feel like you got everything you needed. But it was just like the way they paced it was really excellent. That you got this whole character arc within a few pages. And I think we got that kind of with Criminal in a, in a way too when we read that one where... Uh, Brew Baker did the similar thing, like Grant Morrison did it here, and we've seen that, or I've seen that at least in some of the original like DC Rebirth runs when they first started, where this is like a self-contained story. They're able to like I think this a little bit more needs that successfulness. If you're like really trying to flesh out your character, you need to be able to do that in as small amount of pages as possible while being able to like convey a bunch of different you know a bunch of different things about them in their history and their feelings and then with dc they had that with some of their rebirth issues which were really nice like it was a couple panels like or a full page of just like breaking down a little bit about that character which was nice for those at least because that was good for readers to pick up then and there but i think yeah this grant morrison who I have not shied away from saying it's super difficult for me to follow sometimes. Uh, this this read was this read stood out to me more than the other ones I've experienced with them because it didn't feel as high concept. Um, like my brain was melting trying to comprehend he the stories he was telling like in Final Crisis or some of his, <laughs> some of his other stories. This was this was like straightforward with like a good message. Like great characters that were brought up through it, um, it, it was just well done. Uh, so to meet some other characters like Ladique, his buddies, they try to they try to hold him up. Um, that doesn't go so well. Uh, we get the backstory for Nick, how he ends up where he is, which I thought was very interesting. Like how much they Morrison showed that like he was broken down even past the past the. Sp- his moral compass because the whole point of uh this backstory was to show that 
he was trying to be blackmailed that they had they had uh photos and evidence of him hooking up with his his partner on the force and if he didn't work for blue they were going to expose him uh to his wife and stuff and he was held on to his morals so much that he said like no fuck fuck off fuck blue like i'm not doing that and he he took the he fell for that and but you see like two pages later he's at a strip bar or whatever and immediately gets hired by blue like the guy that fucked him over he starts working for which i thought was very very interesting like how that how that came like full circle essentially for him working for blue uh let's see so the train scene was up roman oh i just i was trying to remember i can't find the page did he start working for blue after after his wife had already it had been revealed to her and everything went to hell yeah he started work after everything went to hell he started working for him yeah okay which yeah sucks he said no to working for him because he wasn't gonna let himself get like blackmailed and then he ended up working for him anyways when he wasn't blackmailed uh so that was that was very like i thought very well done uh so it's kind of like that takes place in between this train scene where he has this conversation with happy about uh you know the the reality of people and who they are and if they're good or not and i i felt like this one didn't play out as well as it did in the tv show um the difference between this scene uh where you see happy go out there and try to try to prove that people are good uh and it doesn't go well everybody's everybody's getting angry upset and it's not great because uh, the train stopped and they're all getting worked up and things aren't going well and then when the train gets going everybody gets on like a good mood again the tv show the tv show did it i feel like the tv show did this a little bit better which i which i thought was very interesting was the difference was that happy was they were on the train platform and he went around looking at people and had like the similar experience at the beginning but then it was where this was proving sax's point um of being inconvenienced you saw the real side of people in the tv show it proved happy's point that where happy thought he was being proved wrong when sax he throws himself out in the middle of the tracks to get run over by the train everybody immediately sees this um right before it happens and a group of people pull him up and then you kind of see the good in everybody shine through so it was for happy he won in the tv series for this he did not win uh yeah do you think that that is that it was it made more sense in the context of the tv show or do you think that they were directly going for a different theme or tone for the tv audience i think it was definitely for the tv audience that they changed that um there would be some i mean that's some, like hope in there somewhere yeah well i mean because i mean happy gets that kind of paid off towards the end of this he has that conversation again with uh nick towards the end where he talks about how he is hope and that's what he represents and stuff which you see is um so after he proved nick proves his point to happy happy disappears and nick's on his own he has to fight some people to get off the train that are out to kill him and he kind of just goes his own way while we find out what's happening to all the kids that were abducted by this santa claus figure um they're all about to be live broadcasted uh to a bunch of fucking disgusting people as christmas presents for santa it's, fucking, it's such fucking gross uh 
Ah. Yeah, and the, and the way he found out about all that was, was you know, in a priest on a priest computer in his office. Yeah, I love Ugh. it. Go and it goes back to like this whole thing where, uh, like everything keeps bringing Nick to where he needs to be, kind of like a fate and everything that they talked about at the beginning. Because he ends up at a bar, beats everybody up for information, and a guy finally tells him like, "Oh, you should go talk to God." And like when I don't know what to do, that's who I go to for help. And then yeah, he stumbles upon a church that has a fucking gross ass priest, so it, it leads him all where he needs to go. He gets happy back, and he, uh, well, after he kills the priest, uh, he's got their partnerships back on, and they end up going after the Santa Claus. And it, like, we also got, like, Smoothie there, who's shown up at the beginning, who's trying to torture the information of Sax. So he takes out Smoothie, he takes out Santa, and gets shot in the back by Blue, who inevitably gets taken down by. His former partner Merida. I don't even know how yeah. to pronounce her name in this. Merida. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's. I think it's Irish. So I don't know how to say. I was, yeah, was kind of curious about what happened when like all the imaginary friends came together. That kind of didn't make sense to me. What? So are they able to physically interact with the world? Because I thought they weren't. Yes, they. Well, in this, they they don't. You don't actually get to see them do it. But they all attack the Santa Claus guy and then yeah because he because he can see them he can he can see them yeah i think like i don't know what the implication is they're like children and perverts mentally people that... ill the mentally ill and the like insane children the... <laughs> yeah and they they expand on that in the tv show it's children yeah. the, the mind of a child um they can still see them or the people that believe like nick if he believes uh then they're there in the tv show it's yeah Santa can see it because uh, he had an imaginary friend as a kid and he never grew out of it. He had a sock puppet. Um, and then a lot of, like, in the TV show, all the imaginary friends, they end up going to, like, AA meetings and stuff to, like, talk about how they're about to all fade out of existence when their kid gets too old or, like, passes over to a phase where they become adults. Like, at one point in the TV show, uh, Nick is at a like Catholic library with like his former partner. Cause they're finally teaming up and they're trying to like find this videotape. That's like blackmailing a uh, governor and it's like porn. And then like the kids all that are all like helping him set up this AV cart. Like you see their imaginary friends all just poof out of existence <laughs> and like, and happy watches is like, Ugh. <laughs> so you have some that like stick around and like try to find their place. Like that's happy's whole thing in the second season is figuring out his place. Cause he's still existing without his kid. So, and that one, they kind of do exist. So kids, people like Santa, and then also the supernatural can see them, which is the other thing. So, which I'll, I'll tell you about in a second. Uh, so this, this final, these final couple pages with Nick are great. Like uh, Derek Robertson does a real good Nick Sachs, just spooky. I love the panel of him with like the smoke behind him, just grinning menacingly at blue. Ugh. It's like terrifying. It's so good. Like just Oh yeah, yeah. It's very satisfying when like blue gets taken out. And it's like it's it's like a touching goodbye. Like you don't get that payoff with him and Haley. Like they don't have that interaction. But he has like a goodbye to happy and you know, like a lessons learned. And then they kinda like leave an open like an open ending with uh Merida holding the flower or the feather of happy at the end when she goes to Ciro's fine wines, liquors, and imports. 
which I'm guessing was like a reference to the mom, like she was still hunting them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I really like this though. I do think I like the TV show a bit more. And that's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, so during the interview, I was watching the interview that he had with Sci-Fi. Also, this show got 80 to 90% score on Rotten Tomatoes for both uh, both seasons. Like it did really well. And it was like one of their highest viewed shows in season one. Like based off the interview like Sci-Fi was talking about with Grant Morrison. Like it was very successful, which is a bummer that they canceled it at season three. Along with uh, Deadly Class, I think was the other one that was canceled. Around the time, which was another... Bummer, because that was another good comic adaptation. Uh, So the differences in the book and the show is that the show follows the source material. um, Like for the the generic plot is same same shitty dude, same beginning opening, except he gets the he does get the password. Something whispered to him. Everybody's after him, but when he meets hate when he meets Happy, he learns that Haley is his daughter. So then it's uh it's a good like bounce around between him, Haley, the mother, and then the the former detective Merida that he was partners with, and then Blue. You actually get to meet Blue, who I can't remember the actor's name, but he was a fantastic performance. Um so it all plays out for the most part the same, with Santa instead though being still crazy, but instead of uh messing with kids, he uh, instead of diddling kids, he lobotomized some of his favorites to keep, and then the rest he Ooh, sold Dollatron. to sex. Yeah, he like you find out later. Like, yeah, he like lobotomized his favorite ones, and they were like stay kids forever in Toyland, is what he called it. And the rest he was like hired on by Blue to like abduct, and then they would get sent off to um, like a sex trafficking auction and stuff. Uh, the differences also are smoothies a more prominent character i loved i don't know how much you remember of the tv show roman but smoothie was a fantastic character he is a crazy like he get i think he gets off on torture was his whole thing like i can't listen to the i can't listen to the wonder woman 84 uh trailer song anymore blue monday because i just think of smoothie because it was like theme (laughs) song when he first uh goes after nick Sachs. oh yeah right right yeah (laughs) He's yeah, so... he, yeah, and he was so perfect, perfect for that because he was like the, um, the the sick, perverted, ver- evil version of Nick. <laughs> yeah, they had like this weird dynamic together where they like enjoyed going, like playing the game of cat and mouse with each other. Uh, not so much for Nick after he got pegged though <laughs> by Smoothie. That was an interesting scene for the TV show to do. Uh, <laughs> Smoothie, there's he, he is all smooth, Colton, down there. Astroglide. So he's asked, so he pegs he pegs Nick at one point and like has like a big like I think he's like I've become like destroyer of man or something. Oh <laughs> right, does, does he quote the um um destroyer of worlds the whole yeah destroyer of worlds he's like yeah the whole the whole speech yeah the whole speech of Oppenheimer or somebody says at the Manhattan yeah. Project and. <laughs> It was what a scene. Did Nick uh, like, learn anything about himself in that moment? <laughs> he did. <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much of that, but that was great. Um, so where it goes with Morrison, though, is because Morrison sat in and worked with the the writers for the TV show and sci-fi on this. Like he he had more hands-on, but as he talked about it in this, was that he didn't want it. He wasn't super protective or like 
demanding that it follow the source material to a T because something that I was actually just talking about with some people about the end, the second season of Umbrella Academy is there. I mean, there's only one volume. There's only a couple issues of this series. So you can't really get much out of it. If you really want to get more out of it, you can't just condense it all into that one book. So to be able to spread things out and let these characters breathe and get to see them more and understand who they are more. Like they followed a lot of uh, Christopher Maloney's like improv performances, like at when he, like they started their first pilot episode and stuff. And they're like, all right, this guy is embodying Nick Sachs and whatever direction he takes him. Like that's like, he's got the look, but he's also got like the part down. Like he knows who Nick Sachs is and let him like naturally develop the character with us in the story and how to get there. I was say, so it, season it would two, probably be really fun uh, doing some uh, character uh, acting for a Nick, just being, being yeah. drunk for months. It is. You have to watch it. Cool. It is a fantastic oh, performance. I, I was actually really sold after reading the comic. Uh, and the fact that's on Netflix <laughs> makes it very uh, attainable. I didn't know that this was a detective stabler <laughs> from law and order SVU. So when we were watching it, <laughs> Kylie, Kylie finally realized who it was. She was like, Oh, that's detective stabler. I'm like, who? It's like from law and order SVU. I'm like, okay. So it shows me I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I remember him. And then we're just kind of watching the show. And then he's just murdering people left and right. And her reaction was like detective stabler, <laughs> like just appalled. But then you get to the part where they show his like ass, like bare ass a couple of times. And then her reaction was detective stabler. <laughs> I'm like, did we, did you just get to see your childhood crushes ass or something? <laughs> like I feel, <laughs> I felt some energy coming from that. <laughs> well, with the, uh, you know, sex trafficking themes of the book, you could almost make a uh, compelling like fan fiction that maybe it is detective <laughs> stabler. It's all one story. God. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. like say that the guy has, the guy has some great glutes for being in his fifties. Yeah, yeah, he's also in, he's in great shape. Also, Colton, he's the voice actor for Detective Jim Gordon in that Harley Quinn Poison Ivy TV show. Oh, perfect! So oh, it was it oh. was a perfect casting since he was he already had experience playing a drunk just cop. <laughs> yeah, just Maloney of wreck. Yeah, Christopher Maloney is so good. I, actually, now now that I think about it, he's probably in too good a shape physically to have been you know drunk and taking drugs and stuff for months on end I mean, <laughs> yeah it was great especially so yeah they just they went with it and just kind of let it develop as it as uh they thought and kind of bounced off more ideas which grant morrison was all about since like the series was done for the comic season two is like it's yeah so season two is its own like original thing where they kind of dive more into the supernatural with like demons and like hell um yeah like they got the that whole that whole day didn't they add that in the first season that they they added that yeah a way to continue it was to uh have that was it blues organization that was actually behind all this stuff with the tv child star no it it, well you thought it was blues but it's uh sorry sorry, this is gonna be spoilers i hope you still watch it colton uh it was the child (laughs) star that was behind it all uh so like think of the Mm. wiggles uh, but he's in charge of sex trafficking, and his alternate identity is like wearing a giant latex bug suit, and he goes by the bug. There was a character, uh, and is it based on the character who's early in the book, or is that a different no, bug that, based? That's a, that's guy. a different bug base, and that but that guy's in the in the opening scene of the show, and it plays out basically the same. Uh, yeah, they swap out the password for the money. Uh, turns out it it has more to do with supernatural stuff, which. Uh, 
you find out through like blue later on and towards the end of season one because they do some weird stuff with the son mikey with it and then that goes on um and then you get some more smoothie stuff with uh nick trying to be sober in season two which is great because this is very difficult and they kind of explore more of the imaginary friend stuff so like happy's character is really just trying to find identity and i think they nailed it with pat oswald as the as the voice of happy because i think this one it was it was interesting because in that one in the tv show you really got to see happy more as literally this imaginary friend that was so innocent and so childlike that it was not exposed to murder or like dark violence and all this thing where the happy in the in grant morrison's comic was kind of like saw it but was like didn't really react that strongly to it or kind of like would react but wasn't like nothing that was too much like he was just like whoa that was crazy that was kind of it pat oswald really kind of got to you got to experience happy being exposed to the real world outside of Haley's little bubble throughout season one and seeing like how dark things can be and how nick is a violent monster <laughs> yeah mowing through people yeah, it's funny that the um, since it's Grant Morrison, a Grant Morrison graphic novel and creation, that the show is is way more out there and wild and and perverse than the original graphic novel, and it's great. I yeah, like, I, I enjoy the graphic novel, but I God, I love the show. Jeez, the show is yeah. This this book definitely great, but show so good, and it makes me so sad after seeing season uh how season two ended that they canceled it because that. Could, that could have really done some awesome stuff at the end. <laughs> was there good closure at the end of the second season? Uh, there was closure with the smoothie storyline, yeah. but they let they left it open for a season three. They kind of well, I guess they kind of left season three similar to how they ended the final page of this book with Meredith. Mm. Okay, because she's kind of has like a little bit of exploration. But they did something really interesting with Nick Sachs, which I really wanted to see in season three. Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, and I loved I loved his outfit of the holiday scarves with like the big coat and everything. It was so good. Very easy to do uh, for a Halloween or just you know Christmas yeah. cosplay or Easter because yeah. he has an Easter outfit uh, where it's just <laughs> he finally gets he gets suited up into that that outfit except this time he has an Easter scarf and it's just bright yellow. <laughs> it's great. It was white when they he bought it. For... <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, anything else stand out? For you two in this uh in this comic i was you know i read this when the issues came out and then watched all the show and then read this again and yeah i was i was sad at the end of this you know when you know well we're, we already said it's so no spoiler but when nick dies um because i didn't i didn't want to see him go <laughs> yeah no like even knowing that he there's like a second season i was like ah oh, man i'm bummed that he's gone in this comic like just start it back up again, Grant Morrison. Finish up Green Lanterns and come back to this. Yeah, it could be it was, so good. It was interesting because I heard I heard Patton Oswalt's voice for Happy when I was reading this, but I, I did too. But I was trying and I was trying to hear Maloney's voice, but because the original character doesn't look like Maloney, I, I no, was, uh, he, it was a little harder to hear his voice. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a bigger dude too in this, like way bigger, but still. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, very good. I liked it a lot. Uh, what about you, Colton? 
Uh, it's always sad in miniseries when you have really good characters who you don't get to see like persist because this character seems like he could have a long longev- longevity. Uh, and like he and Happy's dynamic was so good. I just want to like, see him like cross over into like some sort of like DC or Marvel storyline. Well, talking about this and seeing like crossover like these uh, self-contained stories and longevity, it's a good segue into talking about the rest of the hap- the Grant Morrison stuff and into some more recent news that just happened. Uh, so where I said Grant Morrison was, you know, more open and excited to, you know, talk about this series and take the source material and kind of expand upon it, I kind of talked with another buddy about Umbrella Academy. I just got done watching season two. I don't know if either of you watched season one or two yet. Um, I, mean, I finished season one, haven't watched season two, which I heard is better. It's better. That's a couple small things for me. Just, I don't know what, like nothing, nothing story-wise. I, I have a lot of respect for it compared to where I was talking to somebody else. Where Game of Thrones, you, they, where they got past the source material, they kind of did their own thing and kind of like, yeah, like the rail, the, the rails were farther and farther away that they had to stay on. They just had to make sure that they got to the next point. They didn't matter how they got there. And their characters were condensed where you'd have like four or five characters crammed into one cut for time with Netflix taking Umbrella Academy and the books. There's not that many of them. They have the opportunity to take that character and kind of pull them apart and like divide them out because there's a bunch of characters that did not have any like feature inside the comics or were never even shown in the comics that you get to kind of explore and see their who they are and how they interact with the rest of the world you get to actually explore the characters a little bit more they took some creative directions with luther and diego in season two that were different that are far different from the comics but like i appreciate them more where i'm less critical um to if they're not following it but that brings me to creative directions is a. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Avatar The Last Airbender, Roman. Did you ever watch the show? Um, no. no. Critically I'm acclaimed. The best I character development. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, where you get to watch one dude and his uncle, you know, have like the biggest struggle of identity and everything else. And another character literally get toxic masculinity beat out of him by a woman every season. <laughs> uh, they, uh, the, the creators of the original show were signed on with Netflix to work with them to create the live action show that people have been super excited about for it all being done right and everything. They just announced the other day that they're stepping down for creative differences with Netflix. So they're no longer going to be involved with it. And that makes me so nervous for that show. <laughs> like, ugh. Jeez, that's, yeah. That's bad. <laughs> makes me nervous. Makes me want to go watch the original one <laughs> again. Well, it'd be really interesting because Jerry had the failed attempt with M. Night Shyamalan, how that would affect Netflix's approach, because they already know there's such a lofty uh, challenge to overcome, to, uh, and the fan yeah. base is kind of already cynical about live-action yeah. uh, adaptation. So, so, yeah, it'll be interesting, especially with the original team not on there. Yeah, that's going to be weird. Ugh. I'll have to send you an essay link where people are talking about the significance of Korra, like despite people not liking it as much as the first one, like how important it was. Cause uh, it goes on about like Aang's battle of the good versus evil um, was basically his big primary thing where Korra's was through four different seasons dealing with um, different forms of systemic. Government. Yeah. Systemic issues that were like oppression, like um, 
inequality and different things and why that meant so much compared to like good versus evil. It's really good. Uh, the other thing though, with creative differences and stuff. So there's that DC fandom event coming out in a week or so. Roman, mm, I don't yeah. know if you saw the announcements for it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's gotta be pretty exciting. It was exciting, I guess. Uh, I wasn't really sure what to look forward to though. Like kind of cool that they were trying to do this event thing. But then I saw the news about DC losing a third of its staff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw that announcement. AT&T and and Warner cut one third of its DC editorial staff. Like weeks before their big event thing is so, so weird. So dumb. Yeah. Do you think they yeah, uh, put them in a room and they broke some pull cues and said we're having uh, auditions? <laughs> we're going to have tryouts. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. I'm, I have no idea what to think of DC with like all the directions they've been going in lately. It's all over the place. And it's sad because I feel like my subs for them have gone down to next to nothing. I think I've got one Roman flash, which is about to end. Um, I, I, I'm sub to the, the main death metal title, but aside from those, th- Oh, and Aquaman aside from those, I don't think I'm sub to anything else anymore. Like Supergirl ended, like all my DCs, I went from having so many DC subs back in 2016 to like n- nothing, sadly. Mm. The di- yeah. The, di- the direction changed. Mm. Yeah, and with this firing so many people and everything, I mean, I really wonder what what books are gonna get axed that maybe not might not be big sellers. Like I suspect, you know, kind of fringy stuff like Doom Patrol and things like that might yeah. be in trouble. I'd hope they'd finish those off to 12 because they were intended to be 12 issues anyways. Uh, I mean, I already know Justice League Odyssey's done. Like, you can you can expect the Bat books to be fine and safe and Superman to be fine because Bendis is on it. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Legion gets cut at this point now, even with Bendis on it. Like, it's not a it's not a big character title like Superman. Like, their they're focus is on the characters and not, like, the stories or the, the, anything else. So I could see those sticking around Batman predominantly, and that's kind of that's as far as I can see. I mean, maybe they'll keep some Harley, some form of Harley Quinn thing going. I know they like Harley Quinn. Like, Trevor, nah, you can't I, say you don't like her either after the show. I mean, no, I still can say I don't like her. I like <laughs> every other character but Harley Quinn. Like she had some good moments, but oh, I. No, in the TV show. Oh, I haven't. Oh, the, that's right. I haven't seen the TV show. I mean, TV she's show wild. She's impulsive. She kisses people. That was funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was funny, but like, still don't care about the character. And I felt like the the end, like, like okay, so they have the poison ivy Harley Quinn thing. I just wish it would have like drug out a little bit more. Oh, because... I, sorry, Roman, and anybody listening, uh, this might be big spoilers. I would totally be down for Harley Quinn, poison ivy, kite man, polyamorous triad. How fun could that be? Hell yeah. yeah. I could just, hell yeah. <laughs> it's just too easy to see coming. But like, I thought all the performances, like the performances were all great. It's just the Harley Quinn character just doesn't grab me like any other ones. But Poison Ivy was great in that series. Killer King Shark was great. Dr. Psycho was great. The Riddler was great. <laughs> Riddler, Buff Riddler uh, needs to be an actual thing in the comics. I, that was so He good. was for a while, I think. I think so too. I can't remember. During the war, but I also wish riddles, they... he was pretty small. I think, and he like ed- I mean, he Edge Lord cut a question mark into his chest too. Yeah, I know a lot of people were upset. Were happy about that. 
uh man but that just also makes me sad because it makes me think of the year of the villain riddler story where he was throwing away his riddler persona for something new and we'll never see that now i'm thinking about it oh like uh like i wasn't following the new batman stuff with uh james tinian with like the the was it the joker war that came out and like oh, they were introduced that's coming out now yeah yeah they were introducing all these new characters like one of them was like the designer and I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, that'd be so good if that was uh, Riddler's new persona or whatever. And then I found out it's just a flashback, and then it turns out that it was just uh, a dead body. I was like, oh, what a waste. What a waste of a character that could have been, like, somebody before, and then Riddler just took it up. And, yeah. like, follow yeah. follow through. Like, you gotta have, some, gotta have some progression. You know that that current Batman storyline, the Joker War, the Riddler in this current Batman, it's Jim Carrey's Riddler from the movie. Same costume. Interesting. Yeah, same costume, same buzz cut and everything. <laughs> but what, <laughs> you, you stumped them. I I'm just I yeah, I don't know. Like the DC universe isn't even connected anymore. Like nope, it just doesn't nope. make sense. It's everybody just do your own your own interpretations yeah. or like, I got to I got to admit the guys I, well, I think I think Django and Jeff are mainly keeping up on the current batman series and i read like every third or fourth issue and i'm always disappointed because i'm just like man i i'm not into this joker war the current batman series at all by tinian uh i mean is it, i was just gonna trade weight anything and if it was like sounding good like but uh, i i don't care <laughs> i just lost interest in a lot of the, a lot of the things just the oversaturation of batman got me and I think they I'm just gonna. They introduced. They... Jo- oh, sorry. <laughs> they, no, introduced jo- they introduced Joker's new girlfriend. Um, <laughs> punchline and sh- punchline, punchline, yeah, yeah. Which how's that going? I, I don't think she's very interesting, but she has a cool visual. Her co- her costume is cool and good colors. You know, purple and green. Yeah, the colors <laughs> colors look good. I I mean, like that's another problem. Is like they like this weird hype for it, and then. I was like, man, I hope they don't like take this character Harley Quinn, who's had a whole arc about like breaking free from the Joker and wanting nothing to do with him, and then needlessly putting her uh, in conflict with Punchline for the sake of oh, it's Joker's girlfriends fighting each other. And then did they do that? I'm pretty sure they did that. <laughs> um, they may have. I mean, that might, I think that might have been one of the issues I didn't read because <laughs> I just keep on oh. dropping in every now and then to see how it is, and nope, yeah. still don't like it. <laughs> Well, I'll, I mean, yeah, I'm not sub to it, so I don't know, but I'll, I'll have to check in with you when it's all over and hear what your thoughts are from jumping in and out. And then I'll have to listen to the perfectly acceptable podcast so I can find out what the, what the other two think at the, when they're all done with it. Yeah. For now though, I'm just going to have a big stack of comics waiting for me whenever I can uh, come pick them up. It's going to be ridiculous. Like three weeks. I'm already seeing everything. What's that? Start training now. Ugh, all the reading. Ugh. Well, boys, before we get too sidetracked, uh, any final thoughts before we give our final rating on this book? Happy, and then Roman surprises us with our next read. There's just a. This is a fun. I mean, I'd rec. I mean, I don't know. You could do it either way, but I, per, personally, I think my preference is to like read the graphic novel first and then watch the TV series if there's people that still haven't seen the show. Yeah, just because it, it's kind of it it gives you a nice introduction to the whole thing, and then the TV series expands on everything. I really like the way that 
Morrison's surprise, his little surprises in the graphic novel that, like in the bar, for instance, when uh, he's looking for leads and that he already beats up a couple dies and then that big dude, big, big yeah. dude in the in the pink shirt with the green shirt underneath, he stands up and approaches him and, and you think, oh, this guy's going to kick Nick's ass. And no, he just says, says very calmly, I talked to God and so Nick goes to a church ends up at a church i like yeah, that was i i like that scene a lot that was well yeah. done i liked also the scene with uh on the train where the guy's trying to sneak up on nick with a gun and he shoots him through a newspaper and the lady witnesses it and he tells her oh it's okay i'm a doctor his pacemaker did you see that his pacemaker just exploded <laughs> like this stuff is pretty messed up i see it all the time like it's pretty bad it's a pretty powerful yeah, gas that was <laughs> That was such a good gaslighting. Yeah, and the woman, the woman is so shocked. At that, at, I think that was the only moment where I really could hear Christopher Maloney's voice. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, it reminded me of the like first couple episodes where he gets all those people waiting for him at his apartment. And then he tells the lady that's like a neighbor, like, oh, it's okay, I'm a doctor, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, they were just, they, that just happened. Don't worry. Uh, Colton, what do you think? Um. I, I liked it a lot. I don't know what else to say. It was uh, really good. I When I saw the trailers for the show originally, it looked interesting, but I wasn't particularly drawn to it. But now it's definitely something that I'm going to prioritize watching soon after reading it. So yeah. that, if that's Keeping not a those, good sign, I don't know what is. Keeping those updates, I can't wait for you to see the smoothie character because he is hilarious and so good. Like one of my favorite villains, especially in season two. Uh, I, I was right there with you when I saw the trailers for it. It like, looked interesting, but it wasn't really grabbing me at the time, which is, seems to be a lot of things for me. It takes it takes a long time to steep. Yeah, it's going to simmer for a long time to like caramelize and get sweet in my brain to pick up. Uh, like Roman, I would recommend reading this, but I would say uh, watch the first season, read this before going to the second season, since it is a departure from this story since the series doesn't continue in comics. So you can kind of see the similarities when you watch the show and read the first volume and then go see what they've changed in season two and how they've explored and it opened up the universe, which is really, really fantastic. I think season two is well done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I agree. That's a good point. I, yeah, I'll change my earlier thing. and Do what Trevor said, because, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Eight, good eight out of ten read, nine out of ten show. Mm. Super good. And yeah. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think I agree with you there too. Yeah. Um, eight, eight and a half for the read, and and definitely a ten for the the two seasons of the show. Ten good scarves. I'll, I'll give it uh, eight and a half. Imaginary blue feathers. <laughs> uh, uh, Gorbo, what did you think of it? Oh. 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 Uh, Gorbo says. Uh, he gives it a 2 out of 10 because there wasn't enough Gorbo in it, but I'm sure he means like a 10. What, what, uh, what, was he at that at that page when uh, all the imaginary friends attacked the pervert Santa? Yeah, he was on the bottom of Santa's shoe. Ah, cool. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just got squished really early on. He, he hasn't like reshaped himself. He's still just got a big indent in him. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Jeez. Roman, uh, what would we be talking about next week for your pick? 
or not next week sorry gosh that'd be so crazy uh <laughs> we're all over what? the place with these podcasts couple hey months, listen couple every week it's gonna it's it's gonna get there we're getting there <laughs> um, 20 23 episodes give it till 25 and if we haven't hit that stride <laughs> geez well i'm thinking well this is kind of a thick graphic novel I might regret this. Um, I'm thinking Sandman Volume 1, Preludes and Nocturnes. Um, hey, uh, I love that book. <laughs> hey, Colton's yeah. face just lit just, up. Just because I love this series. It's been a long time since I've read it, and I was thinking, you know, they've got that new audio production book, whatever you want to call it, that's out now um, with an amazing cast. Let's read oh, yeah, all that Sandman. sweet cast. Yeah, let's yeah, do yeah. it. Let's I'm going to... Paycheck's gonna hit tomorrow, which means it'll be getting ordered. Oh, Trevor, you should get you should get oh. the om- omnibus. It's pretty reasonably priced. I think I got mine for like <laughs> seventy. Sorry, I guess you know, money's tight. But uh, you yeah. know, I think it was only like seventy or eighty dollars, and it's leather bound. It looks it looks like something that you you could summon demons out of. So it's you know good for a bookshelf. <laughs> the exactly. Well, I'll be good to fill up my shelf. You, you can uh, summon and bind <laughs> dream with it. <laughs> Oh, I can finally put something. I can finally have something contain Gorbo. <laughs> put him back. Put him back in something now that he's been released. Well, I guess that'll do it for episode twenty-three of Infinity Content Podcast, a Comics Place podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed us talk about our thoughts on Happy or just you know general thoughts on comics and regular geek culture, uh, tell a friend. Let other people know. Uh, we don't say that enough, but uh, we'd love to. We'd love to hear more from everybody and let have everybody uh, spread the word. You can also leave us a comment um, on our email. Let us know what you thought of Happy if you've read it, or any questions on our upcoming book, Sandman. Uh, Sandman. What was the What was the title of it? Um, Sandman Volume One. It's Preludes and Nocturnes. Preludes and Nocturnes. So you can leave us a comment or a question about Sandman Volume 1, Preludes and Nocturnes at infinitycontentcomics at gmail.com. Um, yeah, if you are into that rating life, uh, leave us a re- rate review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And stay tuned uh, for Infinity to come to you again. Bye. Bye. So long.